Hey guys, so let's talk about the most recent critical development in the January 6th criminal trial of Donald Trump pending in Washington, D.C. in Judge Chutkin's court. Yesterday, Jack Smith filed a petition with the Supreme Court seeking to short-circuit the appellate process and take it from the circuit court, appellate court, directly to the Supreme Court over Donald Trump's claim of presidential immunity. So let's discuss that. And let's understand exactly where we are legally and what this petition from Jack Smith means. So what happened was Donald Trump filed a motion in the trial court with Judge Chutkin. Um, he filed a motion to dismiss the case against him on the basis that as president, at the time that these crimes were alleged to have happened, he is immune from prosecution. Since these things happened when he was president, he cannot be prosecuted. That is his argument. So that argument was heard by Judge Chutkin. She took briefing on it. She took arguments on it. And she denied Donald Trump's motion. Okay, so he lost on that issue. So he appealed it. He appealed it and he asked for the circuit court to order a stay to all of the trial court proceedings until the issue was resolved. Now, Donald Trump's appeal had not been heard yet, but that's where we were until yesterday. We were just waiting for the circuit court um, to decide. They hadn't heard oral arguments yet on this. We were just kind of waiting. The appeal had been made. We were waiting for Jack Smith to file his report reply brief with the court and so that's where we were so what jack smith did is basically said the hell with this donald trump is just trying to delay this we know he's just trying to delay this until the after until after the election and this issue of presidential immunity no matter how the appellate court decides it whether they rule against donald trump or they rule in favor of donald trump one way or the, or another this thing is probably going to go to the Supreme Court anyway. So why don't we just go directly to the Supreme Court and ask them to decide this thing now? Why waste any more time? Let's just bypass the appeals court, the circuit court, and just have the Supreme Court decide this now. This is a brilliant stroke. Um, this is an aggressive move by Jack Smith, and it caught pretty much everyone by surprise. I know it caught me by surprise. And in reflecting upon it, in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have been caught by surprise. I probably should have anticipated this, given how aggressively Jack Smith has pursued this entire prosecution. Uh, he has acted with a sense of urgency from the very first day he was appointed as special counsel. And I should have seen this coming, but I didn't, and pretty much nobody else did either. But this is really, this is really a great move. And... To get a sense of why it's so great, just look at how Donald Trump is melting down over it. He is losing his mind over this. Because if the Supreme Court does decide to hear this case right now, then this issue is going to be resolved in short order. Now, I did a video, my last video a couple of days ago. I explained to you, because a lot of people were worried that his appeal of this issue to the circuit court um, was going to delay his his trial until after the, the election. In my video, I told you that I seriously doubted that that was going to happen, that this is an interlocutory appeal, 
and it's an interlocutory appeal in a criminal case, and those things are usually um, heard on an expedited basis, and that these issues can be resolved very, very quickly. And I did not think that this was ultimately going to slow his trial um, very much, if at all. And that was given my assumption that it was first going to go to the circuit court and then maybe to the Supreme Court. But if the Supreme Court gets involved, then this is going to go even more quickly than I had originally anticipated. Now, it's important to note that Jack Smith's petition of the Supreme Court, is it's not a guarantee that the court's going to hear it. They have agreed to consider whether they are going to hear the case. Um, they don't have to. Uh, they can just say, no, go through the circuit court, go through the normal process, have the circuit court hear the appeal, and then if one of if the losing party wants to um, seek to have their case heard by us, the Supreme Court, then we'll consider it at that point. Now, ultimately, the Supreme Court doesn't have to hear this, period, now or after an appeal from the circuit court. It's up to them whether they want to hear it or not. Now, I had originally thought that there was a decent chance that if and when Donald Trump lost at the circuit court and, and applied for cert, you know, asked the Supreme Court to hear the case, I thought there was a decent chance that the Supreme Court might not want to get involved at all and just let the circuit court opinion stand. But that was not a guarantee, and there, there is a good chance that, in fact, they, they could have taken it up. Because it is, in fact, you know, a, a case of first impression. Obviously, it's a very important case. And so they might have felt obligated to take it, even though I know they don't want anything to do with it. They might have felt compelled to take it. And it seems clear that Jack Smith said, you know, him and his lawyers thought, I think there's a really good, we think there's a really good chance that the Supreme Court is going to end up hearing this anyway. So let's just get to the, let's cut to the chase now and have them decide this issue. Let's not delay it. Because there's really, if the Supreme Court is ultimately going to hear this case anyway, there's really no need to go to the, the, the Court of Appeals. Because whatever the Court of Appeal, Court of Appeals decides, you know, the Circuit Court, which is the Court of Appeals, whatever they decide doesn't really matter if the Supreme Court is ultimately going to rule. Because it's only the Supreme Court that's going to matter at that point. So that's where we are. We're waiting for the Supreme Court to decide whether or not they're going to officially take this appeal directly. Now, they have given Donald Trump uh, and his lawyers nine days to respond to Jack Smith's request. So that's where we are. Nine days, he's got to file his, he's got to file his um, reply to Jack Smith's petition, and then we'll see what the court says at that point. I think the court will decide rather quickly whether or not they're going to hear it. If they do hear it, they, they will have a, a tight briefing schedule. They'll, they'll tell each party, that each of the parties, you need to submit your briefs by such and such a date, and here's when we're going to have oral arguments. And that can all happen on a very expedited basis. So we'll see what happens, but now that the special counsel has made this request, I think more than likely the Supreme Court is in fact going to take this and decide it directly, which is really good news. Now let's deal with the substance of the appeal. Couple of things. So Donald Trump is saying that this case should be dismissed because he is immune from prosecution. Now he's going to make two two arguments. First he's going to say I'm just generally immune period. For anything that happened while I was president, 
I cannot be charged. I cannot be charged with a crime for anything that happened while I was president. That's what he's going to say. Now, that is an absolutely absurd argument, but he's going to make that argument. The second, in the alternative, he'll say, okay, well, if you don't want to grant me that broad immunity, then certainly I am immune from prosecution for anything I did that was in the scope of my authority as president, which was anything that was part of my job as president, I can't be charged with a crime for. Now, that is that is true. <laughs> the problem for Trump is the facts aren't on his side. So, among other things, he was charged with um, obstructing an official proceeding of Congress. Well, it's not part of a president's job to commit the crime of obstructing an official proceeding of Congress. He has no authority as president to obstruct another branch of government, okay? And obstructing Congress is a crime. So that's not within the scope of his responsibility. Conspiring to submit fraudulent electors from the states, that's not within the scope of his authority as president. So on the facts, on the more narrow question, um, he loses there too. It's absolutely absurd. And when the court hears this argument, they're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to hear arguments about the law and they're going to hear arguments about the factual situation. And a lot of times what appellate courts do is they ask the lawyers arguing these cases to, to give, to answer hypothetical factual situations. You know, so if, if, the legal holding that they're wanting, if that is the actual correct legal holding, then it would be the correct legal holding no matter what the fact pattern. So, for example, Donald Trump is saying here, you can't prosecute me for, for trying to obstruct Congress while I was president because I was president and I'm immune for anything that I did while I was president. Okay, well, if that's true, then it should be true for any crime that a president could theoretically commit while he's president. So if they were to rule in Donald Trump's favor, then basically what they would be saying is a president could commit murder and never be prosecuted for it. A president could literally murder someone while they're president and never be prosecuted if Donald Trump wins this case. That's what they would be saying, which is an absolutely absurd outcome. But these are the kinds of hypotheticals that appellate courts, you know, propose to these lawyers arguing the case. Because, like I said, if the legal argument is valid for one crime, for one set of circumstances, then, then it has to apply to all similar circumstances. You can't say, oh, well, he's immune if he obstructs Congress, but he's not immune if he murders somebody. Why is there a legal distinction? <coughs> Why would there be a legal distinction there based on the fact pattern? So it depends upon what crime he commits. So the court can just arbitrarily say, well, he's immune if he does this, but not immune if he does that. No, you can't have, that is not, you can't have a rule of law where the, the application of the law is entirely dependent upon the whims of the courts and the factual situation. No, it's got to apply no matter what the factual circumstance. And so... It would be ludicrous in the extreme to rule in favor of Donald Trump and say that a president can, can rape someone or murder someone 
while they're president and never be prosecuted for it. That's ridiculous. Um, what they would also be saying is that they would be telling all future presidents that you are free to commit whatever crimes you want to commit in order to stay in office illegally. You are free to try to, you know, lead an insurrection against the United States if you lose an election or rig the election from the outset. You're free to do that. And, and why, why, how is it that they'd be saying that? Well, if you rule for Donald Trump he, here, then what you're saying is he can't be prosecuted while he's president, right? Because that's, or at least that's what the Department of Justice says. You can't indict a sitting president, right? Well, if you can't indict him when he's president and you can't indict him after he leaves office for any crimes he committed while he was president, then you can never, you can never prosecute a president for anything, anytime, anywhere. And so why not, if you are a president, why not try to rig the election? Nobody can do anything to you. Why not lead an insurrection if you lose the election? I mean, it's only upside. It's a win-win. There's no losing for you if you lead an insurrection, stage a coup, try to rig an election. Because if you're successful, if you try to rig an election or lead an insurrection against the country to stay in office illegally, if you're successful, then you remain in power and nobody can touch you. And if you fail and someone else becomes president, well, according to the Supreme Court, they can't prosecute you. So there's, there's no downside. There's no downside. There's only upside. If you're successful, you win and you're president for life. And if you lose, nobody can prosecute you anyway. So you might as well just go for it. Hell, just have at it. Lead an insurrection. Try to rig the election. Do whatever you want. That is what the Supreme Court would be saying if they ruled in favor of Donald Trump. And how ridiculous is that? And speaking of ridiculous, how ridiculous are these Trump cultists? You know, obviously they want the Supreme Court to rule in favor of their orange god king because they can't think past the here and the now in Donald Trump. That's all they care about. But if the Supreme Court were to rule in Donald Trump's favor, then Donald Trump theoretically could never have a chance of being elected president because what they would be telling Joe Biden, not that Joe Biden would do this, but they would be telling Joe Biden, hey, President Biden, you are free to rig the next election so Donald Trump doesn't have a chance to win. In fact, you can just cancel the election. You can commit whatever crime you want to stay in office for as long as you want, for the rest of your life if you want, because there's nothing anyone can do to you. You're immune. And so Donald Trump would never, theoretically, if Joe Biden wanted to go down this road, would never have a chance to be elected president because Joe Biden can just rig the election. He could cancel the election. He could commit whatever he whatever crimes he wants to to rig the next, next election or stay in office as long as he wants. So, Trump cultists, if you guys prevail on this legal argument, then, you know, you already accused Joe Biden of being a, a dictator. Well, what's stopping Joe Biden from committing crimes to rig the next election and stay in office for the rest of his life? Okay, what else? Um, now, I've been making comments like this about this case. Um, and I've been expressing my confidence that the Supreme Court is going to rule the right way in this case. They're going to rule against Donald Trump. And I, of course, am greeted with a lot of skepticism, uh, we'll put it that way, from people who have no faith 
in the Supreme Court. Now, I can totally understand that, but they, they think that, that the Supreme Court is just in Donald Trump's pocket and, and they have no faith that they're going to rule the right way. I don't, I don't think there's really any reason to worry about that. I mean, do people not remember the, just the last few years? This Supreme Court, these same exact people have ruled against Donald Trump on some pretty important things, right? The Manhattan prosecutor in Donald Trump's last year in office was trying to subpoena his tax records in order to, you know, as part of a criminal investigation of Donald Trump. Now, that case should have been brought, um, but he was never indicted for his financial crimes. The, ones he, the one he's on civil fraud trial for right now, he could have been prosecuted for that criminally, and he should have been. And anyways, the, the Manhattan DA was, had a grand jury investigation looking into these financial crimes Donald Trump committed, and they wanted his tax records. Well, Donald Trump fought to keep his tax records secret. This Supreme Court ruled against Donald Trump and ordered him to turn his tax records over to prosecutors in New York. If these people were in the pocket of Donald Trump, they never would have ruled that way. Because as far as they knew, by turning over those tax documents, he could have been indicted on a whole host of financial crimes. And he should have been. He wasn't, but nobody knew that at the time, and, and this was part of a criminal grand jury investigation, and they ordered Trump to turn over his tax returns. This is not a court that's in Donald Trump's pocket personally. More recently than that, in Donald Trump's frivolous election challenges, you know, he had a lawsuit that he filed directly with the Supreme Court. This was the one that uh, was filed in part by the that criminal scumbag attorney general of Texas, Ken Paxton. And uh, this is the one that a whole bunch of members of Congress of the Republican Party signed on to. Um, you know, and the Mike Johnson was trying to get people to sign on to this lawsuit, and, and, and most of them did. Uh, so you had Donald Trump, Ken Paxton, and most Republicans in Congress filing this lawsuit to challenge the election results with the Supreme Court, and they threw it out of court. Again, this is not a court that is in Donald Trump's pocket. They've shown themselves not to be. And they're not going to be here. Because this ruling is not just affecting Donald Trump in the here and now. This would be setting a precedent for all future presidents to follow. And I don't think people look at the Supreme Court the right way and these, these individual justices the right way. Just because they rule... A, you know, in a way, on issues that that you think might be ridiculous on the issues doesn't mean that they're just craven political hacks that are going to do whatever they can to, you know, rule in favor of members of their party or Donald Trump. It's, it's, it's just not the case. And they are not going to set the precedent, which is what they would be doing, that a president could murder somebody while they're in office and never be held accountable. That, that, a president can commit whatever crimes he wants to, you know, lead an insurrection, stage a coup, rig an election in order to stay in power, you know, illegally. And that there's nothing you can do to that person, that you could never prosecute that president. They're not going to say that. They would basically be ruling against the republic because to, to do that would completely exempt the president from our criminal laws and make him essentially a king for life, a dictator for life, 
because he would have completely unchecked power. He could do whatever crimes he wants with impunity for, for all time. There's no way this court is going to rule in that way. Now, before I go, and also one more thing about that. The other thing to keep in mind is these justices, they're going to still be on the Supreme Court long after Donald Trump is gone from the political scene. Most of them, if not all of them, will still be on the Supreme Court after Donald Trump is six feet under. Right? Donald Trump's almost 80. You know, a couple of these Supreme Court justices are getting up there too. But there's possible... These people have lifetime appointments. They can stay on the court as long as they want, as long as they're alive. Almost all of them are still going to be on the court when Donald Trump is pushing up daisies. All right? They know, so they don't see themselves just in terms of the here and the now and protecting Donald Trump. They're beyond Donald Trump in their mind. Donald Trump will come and go. These, these presidents come and go from the scene. They're still there, right? They're not in it for just protecting Donald Trump, and they've proven that. Now, one final thing before I go. Yes, I am quite certain, and I am telling you this with really no reservation, that Donald Trump is going to lose on this issue. The Supreme Court is not going to rule in his favor. I am very confident of that. Am I absolutely positive of that? No, because they could rule in Donald Trump's favor. It's theoretically possible. I think it's legally absurd. I think this case is actually very frivolous. It's a ridiculous argument. But theoretically, they could rule in his favor. But I'm not... I think the chances of that are very slim. And the problem is, and I think one of the reasons why a lot of you are unnecessarily worried about this. I'm not saying you shouldn't be concerned about Donald Trump's appeal and the, and, the, and the possibility of the case siding with him and dismissing this case. I mean, it is possible. But it's not a very high likelihood, right? It is possible that tomorrow a comet that we don't know about, an asteroid that no one has seen yet, slams into Earth and, and kills us all. I mean, that's theoretically possible. It's not very likely, though. So we're not all walking around worried to death that we're going to die tomorrow from an asteroid impact because it's a very low probability event. Same here. Now, it's not quite as low a possibility, but it's still not a very high likelihood that the Supreme Court is going to rule in Donald Trump's favor. And too many commentators out there, commentators who are really good and who I know agree with me on the likelihood of a Trump victory on this legal issue... They're not, they're not projecting the confidence in the outcome that I am here. And the reason is because they want to hedge their bets. They don't want to get too far over their skis. They don't want to tell you, oh, yeah, we know how this is going to come out. And then they're wrong. And then you go, I'm never going to listen to them again. Look, yes, I understand there's a possibility that the Supreme Court could win. But I think by hedging their bets so much, by, by not wanting to come out and tell you this is pretty much a frivolous legal argument, they make it sound like Trump has a better chance of prevailing than he really does. And it's to protect their reputation is, is the only reason they do it. But what it ends up doing is causing unnecessary worry in the minds of a lot of people. I mean, most people don't understand these legal and constitutional issues, and they turn to these, these experts. And when they hear the experts say, well, you know, it could go either way, you know, this is... You know, if, if they rule in favor of Trump, this case is going to get dismissed. But they don't put it in context and explain why the why Trump's appeal has so little chance of, of, of 
winning. He's had so little, he has so little chance of winning on this legal argument because it's largely a frivolous argument for the reasons I told you. But you don't hear that from these people. And again, it's it's because they they want they don't want to be wrong. So by not coming out and saying, yeah, I'm pretty damn sure this is the way the court's going to rule. By not saying that, by saying, well, it could go either way, um, they're not committing themselves, and they can never be wrong that way. But what it does is it makes it look like Trump has a better legal chance than he does. And yes, it's theoretically possible, but the chances of Trump winning on this, the only way Trump could win on this is if there are five Supreme Court justices who are just completely, personally, in the tank for Donald Trump. They are such political hacks that they have they don't give a damn about the future of the republic. They don't give a damn about making all future presidents completely immune from all of our criminal laws to the end of time in order to just keep this friggin' criminal in office or, or get him back in office and keep him, you know, keep him from being convicted. There's no evidence that there are five such people on the court, and I'm not convinced there's even one such person on the court. Um, I have my concerns about one, but really, I would expect this would be a 9-0 or 8-1 decision. It's not a close call. It really isn't. No. Anyways, um, that's it. Those are my thoughts on this latest thing. This is good news. Let us hope that the Supreme Court is... now. Now that Jack Smith has done this, I think the Supreme Court, they either have to take it or they have to not take it if they, let me put it this way, if they don't take it now, then it goes to the appellate court, okay? And whoever loses there is going to appeal to the Supreme Court. Is the Supreme Court going to take it then? Well, if they're going to take it then, then why don't they just take it now and get it over with? So I think this that Jack Smith, by doing this, has kind of forced the Supreme Court's hands, and I think if the court would not have been inclined to take this case had it gone through the normal route from the circuit court and then cert up to them, um, if they had not been too inclined, I think they are more inclined to take it now because Jack Smith has just he has just thrown the ball in their court and they say and said in front of the whole country, decide this now, let us get on with this. So I think there's probably you know high likelihood that they're going to take it. They're going to set a short time schedule on this stuff. We're going to have a decision and then it's going to be full speed ahead. And the good thing is, I mean, we're, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit nervous about the outcome, but really I'm very confident in the outcome. Uh, and once we clear this legal hurdle, once Donald Trump loses his appeal on this immunity issue, there's no, I can't foresee any real legal obstacle standing in the way between us and Donald Trump on trial in March. This was his last legal shot to delay this thing. It's really full speed ahead after this point, and I think Judge Chutkin will make sure that that everything moves, in, moves along according to the schedule that she has set out, and she is going to do everything to hold to that March trial date. So this is a good thing. Let's hope everything goes the way I anticipate it will go. Um, and let's get on with this. Let's get some justice. Let's get this man on trial and let's get on with saving this country. So anyways, thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed it. Please give it a thumbs up. Um, recommend this channel to other people. I would, uh, really appreciate it if you would. 
and uh, be well. I'll talk to you again soon.